the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawfirm.com. Nick Farrell and Angelica Trenone here on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Got a great guest talking some hoops this week, aren't we, Angelica? Talking some hoops, talking some theater with Jawan Staten. No, totally theater? joking. Jawan and I had a class together in college, oh. a theater class. He does bring up being a communications major in this interview. And I thought about being like, remember when we had theater together? But <laughs> on the off chance that he was like, no, um, I didn't. Also, another blast from the past. You probably won't know who this is, but Andrew Bowie was also in that class. He uh, had a stint with the WVU football team during that time. Should so, I know uh, that name? You wouldn't. You probably wouldn't, but it's okay. one of those if you know, you know type okay, situations. Gotcha. But is he like a cult hero? No. Oh. Uh, he, he, you know, was not here very long. Gotcha. Okay. But, All right. Yeah. Well, enough about that. So anyway, um, what did you study in the theater class? So this was for communication. So that he was a communications major. I was obviously a journalism you, you major. So this was. You don't strike me as one for the theater, by the way. You, you, haven't, you didn't see my monologue. Now, Jawan and I actually were like paired together. It was a Ro- it, not a Romeo Juliet, a Shakespeare uh-huh. situation. He was the uh-huh. king, I was the queen. I uh-huh. don't know if he remembers that, and I hope if he was. It's so, to what this was now. your monologue, and can you recite it for us right now? No, I can't. But I did get an A. Oh, that's good. That's good. Proud so, of you. So, was yeah. that your only collegiate A or what? <laughs> that's tough. That's tough, and that's uh. also a big fat lie. But yeah, so um, Jawan. Obviously, in college together, known him since. He's had a, a pretty pretty great basketball career that's taken him a number of different places, as he'll get into. But um, also, sixth player in school history to have 1,000 points, 400 assists, 100 steals, 30, 350 rebounds, I should say, in a career. Um, and I know that especially right after the Final Four team, he was kind of that next generation um, of Mountaineers, like you said, a fan favorite. So it was great to have the uh, chance to talk with him. Yeah, so one of the interesting stories about Jawan recently, stopped playing professional basketball, has been focusing on coaching, training, was a graduate assistant for Bob Huggins' staff last year. And this offseason spent a lot of time with one New York Nick. Yeah, so actually he spent some time with Deuce when Deuce was still here as a player as well. And as I found out, you'll hear a little bit in the interview, he – even got a mentor, Jawan, or Jawan, uh, Javon, a little bit because Javon was just coming into the program as Jawan was leaving. And if you remember from episode one of the podcast, um, Deshaun Butler had a lot of high praise for Jawan on what he was able to do with Deuce McBride. And I mean, just another big night for him in the G League the other day. But um, he was able to work with him and he was able to work with a couple current players on West Virginia's roster, including Taz Sherman. Um, spent some time with Sean, Mo- Sean McNeil and Malik Curry as well. So Jawan may have not played here at West Virginia, um, you know, recently, but he has sure had an influence on some players who have. So I guess what you're saying is Jawan Staten is the reason why there are multiple pro Mountaineers at this point in time, right? Well, he certainly had an influence on him. And two, <laughs> he's influencing the next generation of maybe potential future, future Mountaineers as well, um, helping out some kids uh, refine their basketball skills. So who knows? Maybe we'll see some more hmm. of the Juwan Staten products. His fingerprints all over yeah, the absolutely. future of All right, so let's get to that interview now. After a quick word from our sponsors, Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? 
Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. We've got Juwan Staten here on the podcast, WVU point guard from 2012 to 2015, one of the top players in the nation at that position over his last few years as well. And Juwan, after West Virginia, you had some experience in the NBA G League. You've played overseas. You name it, any type of professional basketball seems like you have some type of experience in it. For any of the listeners who maybe haven't had the opportunity to hear what you've been up to since last playing at West Virginia, can you just give us the cliff notes of what your basketball career has looked like since you left Morgantown? Uh, since I left Morgantown, I um, had a short stint with the Warriors. Um, went to the G League team, the Warriors G League team. Um, I was in Delaware with Philadelphia's G League team. Um, I've played in... Belgium, Finland, uh, Estonia, uh, France, and Hungary. Last year, I was the GA at uh, West Virginia. And this year, um, I've been in between playing and training. Um, I played with Maine uh, in the G League this year, but I also started a business, um, a player development business. So I've just been going back and forth between those two. So something that maybe not a lot of people know as well is you're a father, you have two children, and you're still doing all of this very active in basketball. I want to touch on you being a grad assistant at WVU after, but how challenging has it been, Juwan, you know, still trying to be a father, still trying to get things done in the basketball world as well? How big of a challenge has this journey been for you? Uh, It's been a huge challenge, honestly. Um, That's kind of why I shifted a little bit and started trying to, you know, do things outside of playing. Um, With going back to school, finishing my master's, being a grad assistant, um, just trying to give myself another lane to move into because, you know, leaving the country and playing is hard when you have kids because, you know, you're forced to be away from them for a while. So, you know, that was getting to me a little bit throughout my career. So I just kind of want to stay within basketball, see everything that I can do with basketball, but kind of create a different lane with it. So that's kind of where I've been the last last year and a half. So you bring up being a grad assistant at West Virginia, that in 2020 through 2021. So you got to work with guys like Deuce McBride, Tash Sherman was there at that time as well. What did you learn during that time of being a grad assistant at West Virginia? And is coaching something that you want to pursue in your future? Uh, I would say coaching is definitely something I want to pursue. I'm not sure when I actually want to go into coaching because, again, that's another full-time thing that requires all your attention. Um, But I did learn a lot, you know, being a GA, especially under Hugs and his staff. Um, Just learned a lot about schemes, you know, different schemes put together, Um, a lot of behind-the-scenes things of what goes into being a coach and also just being on that different side. You know, I've been a player. Um, here at WVU, but, you know, getting to be on that other side, be on the coaching side and learning how to work with players and, you know, learning, you know, differences of being a player, being a coach and how to mend that relationship, you know, that was unique to me and that was something I feel like is going to help me moving forward. So we mentioned Deuce McBride, you having the ability to work with him. Actually, on episode one of our podcast, we had Deshaun Butler on here, and we were asking him about the unique opportunity for West Virginia in terms of current players often have time over the summer to work out with guys from different generations who are back in the gym still playing overseas. And Deshaun brought up one thing. He said, 
Jawan Staten, what he was able to do with Deuce McBride. They were in the gym together all the time, and he really just kind of praised you for helping in Deuce's development. What was that, you know, sort of mentorship like, if you will? What was it like getting to work with Deuce? And really, I mean, what did that entail? What was some of the things that you guys were doing in the gym while he was still a player here? Oh, well, first, I appreciate Deshaun for saying that. You know, that's high praise coming from somebody like that. But working with Deuce was it was it was new for me. I mean, I've always kind of helped my teammates uh, because I consider myself a leader. But, you know, this was a totally different spectrum, you know, helping a guy that was way younger than me. And um, from that coaching side, you know, I was able to learn a lot from not only the coaching of college basketball, but I got to talk to a lot of NBA scouts and, you know, learn what they were looking for from a player like Deuce at the next level. Um, mixing that with kind of what I went through in the process of, you know, trying to go through that NBA route. And, you know, I was just able to just kind of give back and teach him a lot of things that I went through, um, but also just refine a lot of skills that I knew that he was going to need head into that next level. So, you know, Deuce is a student of the game. Uh, he wanted to work every day. We put a lot of time in and, you know, I mean, I, I guess the time paid off. Not saying that I'm taking credit for any of that because, you know, Deuce was a great player before we started working. But um, I definitely think that I helped him out in a couple ways. And, you know, he was very receptive to everything that I was telling him. I remember seeing on your Twitter maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, and I can't remember. I think it was a game he was playing in with Westchester. You kind of put up like the side-by-side. It was something you and he were doing in the gym and then seeing it translate to the professional level, um, those little side-by-sides there. That was really awesome. That was really cool to see. And and having the chance to work with Deuce Juwan, like how has he, you know, changed and improved his skills since you first started working with him to where he is now, getting that time in the G League and with the Knicks as well? Uh, I think Deuce has become um, – it's been like – it's been a huge transformation. I mean, he was, he was a great player with West Virginia, but just seeing him as a pro and seeing some of the things that he's doing now is like – you know, you always look at the potential of players of where they can get to and how good you think they can be. And I think he's a player that's reaching that potential. I've seen him get a lot better and just his decision making, playing the point, um, using ball screens. A lot of the things that we talked about and worked on, um, his handle has been looking good. Uh, his shot has improved, too. I know that was one of the things that they questioned him a little bit about, you know, going through the process. Could he be a shooter at the next level? And I think those are all questions that he's answering and things that he's continuing to prove. So I would say that he definitely put the work in, he put the time in, and I I would say that it's paying off. So let me ask you this. Do you see any similarities between his game and your game? Are there any any similarities there? Uh, Yeah, I would say there's some similarities. Uh, The biggest thing I would say is a pull-up jump shot. Uh, That was something that I noticed before I even came back and started working with him at WVU when I was still playing overseas and I was just watching the games. I noticed how quick he got to his shot and how high he jumped on his jump shot. So that was definitely something that I, you know, thought we did similar. And, um, you know, since then, when he was going through the process, he came to me, said, I want to work on my ball handling. Um, I want to be able to create more moves off the dribble. And that was kind of like something that I was really good at. So, you know, when you mentioned that side by side, that was like a move that we focused on and worked on something that was kind of like what the stuff that he wanted to add to his game. So to see that translate to the next level was like for me, that was a big thing for me. And just giving me confidence, knowing that I can you know, help people out and really help them do things that will translate to the game and translate to the next level. And for him, 
you know, to see him go out there and have success doing it just lets him know that, you know, that's something that I can do and the hard work is paying off. Now, obviously, like we had said at the beginning, you have experience in the G League as well. Just how beneficial is it for Deuce having this opportunity to get in some games with Westchester? I mean, every time he's out on the court, it's like he's dropping a career high. Uh, his development, being able to do that, and then, and then, where do you see him fitting in with the with the New York Knicks? Do you think it, you think it's about time Deuce gets his time there in uh, the actual NBA? Uh, I definitely think it's it's time. Um, I think he should have been playing more, but you know I think the G League is is serving him well because it's helping him with his confidence, and that's like the biggest thing in playing the NBA is the confidence because everybody there is a great player. But you know, with him playing in G League and just proving to himself over and over that what he's doing is working, and you know the games that he's having, he's not just having normal games; he's having amazing games. So. I think that's just proving to him that, you know, he can do it. And I think it's also building his hunger level to want to get out there with the Knicks and show what he can do. So I think it's been good. You know, he's just a rookie and, and he's getting his reps in, doing what he's going to have to do when he gets with the Knicks. And I think that it'll serve him well when he finally gets his chance. Sticking with Mountaineers in the pros, Javon Carter, he's now with the Milwaukee Bucks. Did you have any opportunity to work with him during your time at West Virginia, Juwan? Do you have any, you know, affiliation with Javon from that time here in Morgantown? Uh, yeah, well, Javon was a freshman when I was a senior. So, uh, you know, we used to always beat up on the freshman a lot in practice. So <laughs> um, that was kind of like the, the biggest thing with Javon was just, you know, helping him get to the level that we wanted, we wanted all our guards to be at, um, especially with that press Virginia um, style that we were playing. He was definitely – built for that with his defensive tenacity. So, um, you know, we were just fine-tuning him, and I'll, I'll throw Gary Brown in there too. You know, as seniors, we were, like, really hard on our freshmen, Javon and Dex, because we want we saw the potential in them, and we wanted them to be great players. So I think he definitely lived up to that. Um, I've worked with Javon a couple times since he's been in the NBA, and just to see his improvement has been amazing too. So, you know, I'm definitely proud of him and what he's done and what he's continuing to do. Now, as for current players, we talk about Taz Sherman, one of the top scorers right now in the Big 12 Conference. You had some time to work with him when you were there with the GA in some of those summer sessions as well. What pro-type skills does Taz have right now, Juwan, and where do you think maybe if he wants to be able to translate it to the next level, what do you think those next steps could look like for him? I definitely think Taz is a pro scorer. I mean, he makes, he takes and makes tough shots. Um, and he's a, he's a good shooter. I think um, I think he's a better playmaker than what he probably gets credit for right now just because he's getting called to do so much scoring. Um, but he's definitely a great scorer. I think everybody can see that. Um, to get to the next level, uh, I would just say that, you know, maybe, you know, everybody knows you can make tough shots, but at the next level, you might want to take a little bit of easier shots. You know, the, every team already has their Kevin Durant's and their – Giannis and everybody who's getting paid the big dollars to take the tough shots. So um, I think if he can find a way to get some easier points, that might um, do him well. And also doing some more playmaking because in today's game, there's not really a set point guard or shooting guard anymore. It's really just a guard who kind of can take over both types of positions. So if he can show more that he can play the point guard spot, I think that will serve him well too. Now let me ask you this. How much current contact do you still have with some guys on the team right now? Uh, I still work with him a lot. I still work. I work with Malik Curry a lot, and I work with Sean. Those are probably the two that I work with the most right now. 
If you had to look back to, and I mean obviously different eras of basketball from when you were playing here to what it's like in this current state for Coach Huggins' team, but how has this program shifted, Jawan? Just how different has the identity looked over the past couple of years? And if you kind of had to compare where it was where you played and now, what do you think has been the biggest change and really the evolution of college basketball and here at West Virginia as well? Uh, I would say that we kind of went from more of a defensive dominant type program to more of an offensively dominant program. Um, when I was here, I know we did a lot with defense, you know, and I can always throw press Virginia in there. You know, we were kind of at the top of the list of every category in defense. So I think that was the biggest thing that we held our hat on. Um, but, you know, in the last couple of years, things have seemed to change and it's been a lot more offense. You know, I'll speak to last year with Deuce and Derek Cover and uh, Taz and Sean, you know, all being big scores. And the same with this year. I think the program and just the evolution of basketball period is just changing more to like an offensive game. You know, defense is still, you know, it's definitely needed. But in order to win games, you definitely got to have shot makers and people that can score the ball. So I would say that's probably the biggest evolution. So when you look back on your time at West Virginia, what is that one memory? When you look back to your times playing, is there a game? Is there a shot? Is there something that always comes to your mind first when you think of being a player here? Um, I'll probably say the Kansas layup. I mean, that's probably like the maybe the biggest the biggest shot I made when I was here. I know I definitely get that a lot from people. You know, they're always bringing that up. That's the first thing they talk about. So. You know, people don't really let me live that one down, so I'll probably definitely go with that one. I know I brought this up to you earlier, but having the opportunity to play in the TBT, the basketball tournament, last year with Best Virginia, an opportunity that, you know, not a lot of people have gotten because it is, you know, so new for this Best Virginia team, but what has that experience been like? We talk about your opportunity to mentor some of these guys or, you know, work out with some other former players in the gym, but actually having the opportunity to play competitively alongside guys who also put on the WVU uniform over different gener- generations. What was that experience like? That experience is great. You know, and I, I remember watching guys like Deshaun and Alex Ruoff play. Um, so it was great to get to play with guys like that. I didn't get to play with them at the same time. Play with Day the first year. I played with Al last year. But, you know, just mixing with those different generations and, you know, soaking up some knowledge from guys that are, couple years older than you also getting to play with some guys that are younger so it's just a good mix of of everything playing with guys that you've watched you've enjoyed watching and even playing with some of the teammates that I played with that I haven't seen in a while or got to play with in a while so you know it's just a good time to get back around the guys good time to put on West Virginia uniform again and play in front of the home team so you know I would say everything about that experience has been good for me so far. So I want to talk about What's right there on your shirt, your Hard to Guard Academy. Um, maybe not a lot of people know this as well in terms of taking your mentorship, you know, outside of people who are here at West Virginia. What's that like? How's it been going? And, you know, what's the success of being able to teach the next generation of players? Uh, it's been really good. Um, honestly, it's been surprisingly good. You know, I've only been doing this for about 10 months now, but I've had a chance to work with a lot of players at a lot of different levels from you know, young kids from second and third grade all the way up to to pros. So I've, I've, it's helped me learn a lot more about basketball. Um, I kind of wish I would have started doing something like this sooner because I feel like I I would be a better player if I would have started doing something like this sooner. But um, it's definitely gratifying to get 
you know, all of the feedback that I get from the parents and from the kids. And, you know, I also get out and watch them play. You know, I go to MHS, watch some of the games and just around the, the area and around the state just to see some of the kids that I've worked with. And it's definitely gratifying to, to see them doing well and contributing some of their success to me. So, you know, I enjoy it. Um, this is my way of giving back. And uh, I always know I wanted to give back in some way. I just didn't know exactly how, but this is kind of taking on a life of its own. And I'm, I'm appreciative of where it's going. Now, through all of these different experiences, Juwan, I mean, you talk about things that help make you a better player, but now having these opportunities to help build the next generation, work with current players, how much through these experiences are you learning about yourself off of the court? I'm learning a lot about myself. Um, you know, starting a business with something that's like way out of my comfort zone. You know, I'm a super laid back person. And on a regular day, I probably don't talk to many people outside of my family, my kids. So, you know, this is just it's made me get out and, you know, talk to people more. It's made me market myself more. Um, it's made me reach out to different people who are in business to ask questions about business, figure out what I can learn. Um, it's made me do a lot more reading and, you know, it's just helping me evolve as a person. It's kind of getting me out of my shell. So I appreciate that aspect of it too. So just to tie it all in together, how do you think that your time at West Virginia has kind of helped you get to where you are now? What are some of those things that you've learned along the way that you're seeing being put into play here in your future? Um, well, I was a communication major in school, so you know, I always knew how to communicate. I just really didn't like to, you know, I was just kind of in my own box, but, you know, now that I'm forced to step outside that box and, and kind of deal with a lot of different people from different backgrounds, I feel like that communication part is kind of helping me out because I'm able to relate and, you know, able to break things down to people. Um, my time playing at West Virginia was, that kind of speaks for itself. That helps me build clientele um, because people can always say, well, he was an all American or, Remember that shot against Kansas? That was him. So that kind of brings the people in. And then, you know, being a GA too, that my job was to, you know, review film and just try to see what I could bring the players and to find out the details that I could do to, to, to help players get better in certain areas. So I feel like all of that together is kind of helping me and preparing me for what I'm doing now because I'm able to kind of bring a, a pro or a college approach to a kid that may be a freshman in high school. So He's getting some things now that he wouldn't get until he would get to college. So I think that's kind of helping me, and I think that it will help the people that I'm working with. Wrapping things up here on the podcast with former West Virginia guard Jawan Staten, uh, I want to bring up something that is kind of recent. You got to sit courtside next to Roy Williams at one of the West Virginia games. What was that experience like? And, I mean, you were you were there right next to him. I kept looking over to see any conversations. You guys were, like, showing his stuff on your phone. Like, what was that experience like, getting the opportunity to sit beside him, being able to talk to him as well? That was cool. I mean, when I seen him at first, I kind of glanced over and I was like, man, he looks familiar. But I seen the West Virginia on his shirt. So I'm like, "Ah, that's, you know, I probably just seen him around. But then I looked again. He turned. He was talking to his wife and then he turned back. He looked. and I was like, nah, that's Roy Williams. I saw his full face. I'm like, nah, that's him. So I just leaned over and I asked him and he was like, yeah, I'm Roy Williams. And then he kind of leaned back over to me. and He was like, wait, what's your name? You look familiar, too. And I told him, and then from there, we just started talking. And, you know, he's just asking me questions about playing for Hugs and playing at West Virginia and, you know, what I thought of the current players, asking me what I was doing. And, you know, the conversation just kept going from there. I honestly didn't think that 
Like I was just, you know, saying, hey, and I was going to go watch the game. Didn't want to bother him, but we ended up talking a lot. So, you know, he was cool, very down to earth. And I just got to pick his basketball brain. So that was a good day for me. Yeah, that's awesome. An awesome experience. And as we're talking about some of the best coaches, of course, in the country, before we let you go, we have to get your take on Coach Hugs to the Hall. He's been announced as a finalist this year. Is it the year? We'll find out. What do you think makes Bob Huggins a Hall of Fame coach? I mean, I think number one that speaks for itself is over 900 wins. I mean, you don't get over 900 wins from just being an average coach. If that was the case, it'd be a lot of coaches with 900 wins. So I think that's first and foremost, you know, winning games. You know, I was always taught when I was growing up that winning games, you know, you have to win. That's like a necessity if you want to get to where you're getting to. And I think he's proved that. Um, I think he continues to prove that with all the different teams that he's had, the different programs he's been at that have all had success. So I think he should have been in there. Um, you know, I, of course I don't make the decisions, but I think this year might be the year. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, winning games is, that speaks for itself. It's only a select few of guys that have won 900 games and, you know, I think he deserves to be in there. Now, when you look back at your time getting to play for Coach Hugs, is there maybe one conversation, one thing he instilled in you, if you had to, you know, pick the biggest lesson learned from Bob Huggins, whether it has to do with basketball, life off of the court, what would you say was the number one thing that he taught you that will always stick with you? Uh, just, I remember he would always say, I want men. And like, when I was playing for him, I would always be like, what is he talking about? Like, what does he mean? I want men. But, you know, once I got through the program and I started just learning the ins and outs of the type of coach he was, I think that's the biggest thing that stuck with me. Um, I try to be a man you know, with, with, with everything that I approach in life. And, you know, with just being a man, you don't you don't always necessarily want to do the things that you have to do, but you got to do what you got to do. So I think that's the biggest thing that I take away from him is just my maturity and how I approach everything. You know, he, he another thing he used to always say was just do right. So, you know, that kind of just sums things up. It makes things easy if you just do right and, uh, and you approach everything with a kind of like a, a man mentality about it. So... I would definitely say he made me a tougher person and, and that, you know, I approach things and I do things that I have to do, not, not necessarily wanting to, but because I have to. So let's end with this, Juwan. Talking about Coach Huggins, you know, this year isn't typically the type of year that West Virginia basketball has had under him, but still there's going to be a new generation of Mountaineers coming in next year. Team's going to look totally different. What would be your advice to the future players of West Virginia basketball when they get here and playing for Coach Huggins? Uh, my advice to the future basketball players is to do your research. Do your research on the coach that you're playing for. Um, that's one thing that I did when I was coming here, and it helped me a lot because, you know, I knew that I was coming to play for a, a tough-nosed coach. I knew that I was playing for a coach that loved to win, a coach that was competitive, and, you know, once I was able to meet meet that or match that, that, you know, that competitiveness and that drive and that want to win, you know, ultimately I was a better player for it. And I didn't deal with the little things. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not playing hard, you can't play for Coach Hugs. If you're not playing defense, you can't play for him. So once you do your research and you realize the coach that you're playing for and you go out there and you try to match that, 
I think you'll have a very successful time under him. Well, Jawan, we appreciate you joining us. Jawan Staten, one of West Virginia's top point guards over the past generations of WVU Hoops. We appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. I appreciate y'all having me. And who knows, maybe here soon we could talk about maybe Jawan Jr. suiting up in the Golden Blue. Who knows? He's obviously very young, so maybe that would be a very cool experience. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, Jawan, thanks. Thank you.